Welcome to Out of the Arts with Beth and Amy. We will help you bridge the gap between an arts career and a career outside the arts industry. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Out of the Arts, linked in the show notes. Welcome, everybody. We wanted to start off. I'm Beth, and this is Amy. Hi. Um, We want to start off by telling you guys a little bit about our stories um, as theater and arts professionals growing up, going to school, and then kind of making that decision to walk away. Because we think that our stories probably sound a lot like your story. So to get started, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. I was the normal theater kid in high school, went to college, studied sound, and loved it. But Honestly, when I was leaving undergrad, I was thinking I would be happy in a room just editing by myself, right? Because I was a sound kid. I was fine editing things, putting clips together. But as I transitioned and I continued to work in theater and I continued to go to school, I actually did go to graduate school for theater as well. I realized that The exciting part is the audience enjoying the magic that we've made. The exciting part isn't just sitting in a room and thinking, oh, look at how cool this fade is. Like, how nerdy is that? But it is about having the audience and working as a community to really tell a story and to bridge gaps and to build bridges. So when I had gotten out of grad school, I knew that those relationships and being able to make that community was really continuing to light my fire as far as enjoying being within the arts. You know, we we talk about something real pop culture, Hamilton, right? Hamilton is super popular popular. Um, I do still break out in song. I can't help it. And it's a very different experience if you're watching it by yourself in your room. Maybe you watched it in bed, you know, the first night it was available and you're sitting in bed just streaming it to yourself. That's a very different experience than doing it and watching that show with 10 of your friends. Or think of watching it with 500 other people who maybe you don't know, but who are all enjoying that same experience at the same time. That community is a huge deal in how we take in information and really work and breathe and love together. So even as I was coming out of grad school, I was starting to recognize that this is my love affair. Not necessarily cool fades, which are still cool, and I still appreciate some real nice sound work. But that's not necessarily my love affair. Amy, can you give us a little background on where you started and how, because your story's, you're still in performing arts, but a little different. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out as a performer, and uh 
I actually started out through middle school and high school. I played French horn and trombone and clarinet, and I was a total music nerd. I was in choir as well and jazz band. And I mean, I did everything. And I was a music kid. I also did theater because that's what you do when you like to sing in high school. You do choir and theater. And um, I went to college fully expecting to become a music teacher because I had great music teachers growing up that were such amazing influences on me and they were so supportive. And I went to college, I was gonna be a music teacher and then I actually started diving into those education courses and the student teaching, the practica and stuff like that that we had to do. And I realized that the classroom teaching world wasn't for me. So that was when I started to realize that, you know, dreams can change a little bit. And um, at that point, I loved performing. I, you know, I was 19 and I felt like I had a lot of potential and I had these huge goals of now becoming a, an opera singer. I was going to be a famous opera singer singing on the, the world stage. And um, it finally fell into place that I wanted not just to be a musician, but to be up there and up front telling these stories and bringing these characters to life. So when I graduated from college, I pursued a performance career and I was doing some performing and, you know, doing some waitressing and doing some other things to try and make money and to try and work around my performance schedule and my rehearsal schedule. At one point I was working a full-time job and doing a full-time program. And I remember actually literally falling asleep at my desk at one point because I was so tired from driving back at 3 a.m. the night before after performance. And um, there was just uh, so much going on. And I started to realize that the lifestyle and the constant upheaval and things like that of the performing world were not what I wanted long-term. And the job uh, where I fell asleep at my desk, that actually became my passion. I started to realize I was working in a theater box office and I started to realize that I was, uh, I was really passionate about telling stories in general. And I carried that right through from being a performer to box office. And then I worked in donor relations. Uh, and then I moved into sales and kind of uh, went through the motions from there. Uh, I was able to bring this love of storytelling and of connecting to people to a completely new profession that I did not expect to and I also had stability and a regular paycheck and a nine to five. And I wasn't up till three the next morning, getting up at 8.30 to go to work. And it, it really all lined up for me then. So that's how I ended up going down the marketing and communications route. And I think you did a lot of work all within one organization. Like you did a lot of that 
Yes, I started out in the one organization. Uh, it, it's a large umbrella organization that manages several theaters of different types. And so I worked in different capacities in each of those locations. Very cool. That's a really good way to build those relationships and to build those connections. Mm -hmm. um, when I left or as I worked professionally, you know, I worked professionally for over a year as a PM at a small community theater in Kentucky, which does some really great work and really great for the community. And I got an offer to actually teach at a college there, which at 20, oh Lord, 25 or 26, I look back and I'm like, you crazy person, who does this? Um, apparently I did. So I started teaching and running this program for theater where I had probably five or eight majors at a time, which would ebb and flow. And, you know, I think about the things that we did that I think they would have to tell you if this was true or not, was the best experiences for them were like our midnight shows. We would do one midnight show where the students could come in and like student fee was $5 or $3 or something. And it was just come in and have a good time. I did not give them any notes at the end of that. I said, come on in, do your show, enjoy your friends. And those experiences, while great and great for me to watch them grow and learn, and those were also great for my students, were exhausting. And running a program and trying to do all the things by yourself was exhausting. Um, I then would work summer stock in the summers and I loved it. Again, we created some magical moments that I still think about. There was a moment where this woman standing on stage, you get to go to, this is the end of act one of a show and she says something. I don't remember even what the line is and snow would fall and music would start and just everything, lighting would shift. Everything happens at once in this beautiful moment of magic. And I just loved it. And I still think about those moments. But I, by 2017, was so burnt out that I could not justify continuing this. Um, and my husband, husband, had found a job in Nashville and we love Nashville. So he had made the transition and moved here and I was going to follow. And at that point I said, you know, if I can't find a job doing arts and living nine to five, so not being burnt out and not having the expectation of 60, 70 hour weeks, I'm okay not doing this. And I'm okay teaching and creating magical moments more one-on-one -on -one or one on 30 where maybe I'm not teaching theater. Maybe I'm teaching how to use your computer or how to use your phone, whatever that is. Creating those intimate magical moments are no less magical for me. Um, so I've been working on that and currently working on my project management professional certification. I think that this certification has been coming up a lot for people in the arts industry who are right now maybe between jobs 
maybe waiting to see when the arts industry will reopen and what are some things they can do in the meantime. The project management certification is a really good stepping stone for those who are in the arts to connect all of that work to what they are doing, maybe not in the arts industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I It's so interesting because, you know, we don't think of uh, being, particularly in theater, you know, designers, producers, directors, we don't think of these as being project management positions because, you know, we have a whole different vocabulary and things that we right. use in theater. You're not a project manager, you're a production manager, but you're, it's the, you're employing the same skills and you're doing the same type of work just in a different office setting. Yes. And so it's so easy to transfer these things over once you start to let go of the idea that you have to be in the theater to be able to do your job. But that is the one thing I think, especially for arts people, that's the hardest thing to let go of. And I personally, as a performer, I had a really hard time letting go of being a performer and saying I was a performer or a singer or a musician uh, and starting to change my vocabulary and say, I'm a communications professional. I am an editor. I am an advisor, things like this. Uh, you know, I want to get technical. I switched over my career 100%, made the choice that I was going in a new direction in 2015. Uh, but even through 2015 and 2016 and a little bit of 2017, I was still focused on staying in the arts world, whether it was arts management and administration, whether it was um, creating a, a music studio or a theater program that was also uh, involved in uh, you know, socio-political advocacy and things like that. I was trying to find ways to mesh them. And absolutely, that is a possibility as well. Uh, but for me, I found that in the end, I didn't need theater to be fulfilled as long as I am working with any sort of mission-driven or community-based organization that wants to tell a, a meaningful story. And that's really what it came down to for me. So it was partway through 2017 when I finally said to myself, okay, you don't have to do arts. You can. And I still try to fit it into my life whenever I can, but sometimes that's not a reality. And especially now in these terrifying times when arts organizations and theaters and museums are shutting down and laying off 80% of their workforce. And we don't know when they're going to spring back, which is terrifying and sad. It's, a, you know, uh, it's so important to realize that you can still 
do the type of work you love without actually being in that place. Yes. And if you are someone who is in a position to, you know, maybe you are in an arts organization and you're still getting paid and you are a little uncomfortable with where the world is in COVID, but you want to stay in the arts organization, great. You want to stay in the industry? That is awesome. We need people like you. <laughs> Please continue thriving and grinding for this industry, which brings so much joy and fulfillment to the world and our country that we live in. Please, Jesus, keep it up. But I know that not everybody is in that position, you know, and different people leave the industries and the arts worlds for different reasons. It's interesting because when I was Googling, you know, leaving theater or leaving arts industry or leaving theater job for nine to five, I didn't find anything, did not find anything. You know, lots of stuff about swapping careers, but to be quite honest, the arts industry is not like a lot of other careers. It's not like I'm going from being a waitress to being, I don't know. I don't have a great example. I'll work on that. But we all know that the arts world is a little bit different. We know that our resumes look different. We know that we have portfolios and our portfolios are going to be structured different depending on which specific field you're in and what work you're doing. So we know that leaving this industry is hard to translate. And we want you, if you are comfortable and you are thinking about staying in the arts world, we want you to stay there. We want you to be happy. Maybe you need a job for right now and you're watching us because you need tips for a job for right now. Awesome. We're here to help. But if you're looking to leave for other reasons, or maybe COVID is your breaking point. Maybe you've had a lot of insecurities and instabilities and this is your point break. And that's okay. You need to make the best decisions that really work for you and your life. And while it's hard, and I don't know that I'll ever not think of myself as sound design bath, I do know that I get to come home at the end of the day and play with my dogs. I don't have to think about the extra 20 hours of work that I'm doing every week. So that's, we want to make sure that you guys know, no matter what your decisions are, we think it's great. Absolutely. I mean, it's really important to me, to us, that, you know, if you need help transferring into a non-arch job that we're here for that but we're also here to support artists and arts professionals because uh there's a whole piece of the puzzle which is we need creative people in this world we just do we need creative people in this world to help us see from different perspectives to show us the things that we, we maybe couldn't see otherwise, to make things beautiful and exciting. And so, you know, we want to support you in whatever way you can to 
uh, to keep fostering that and to also maybe bring it into everyday life a little bit more as well for you and for everyone. You might end up with some strange questions when you're interviewing, like... You know, we called Germany. This is just a random question that I had for Amy, and I'm trying to find a sly way to pull it in. Let's be honest. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, like, we called Germany, Germany. But Germans do not call Germany, Germany. And they call it Deutschland? Deutschland, yeah. But those names are very different. Why are they so different? <sighs> okay, so this gets a little weird and nerdy. And this goes back to, in high school, I took Latin because I honestly don't even know why, but I loved it. And uh, there's a word in Latin, Germanus, which means like brother, neighbor, friend, that type of thing. Okay. And when the Romans started heading into Europe, you know, they started heading west into Europe and they conquered tribes in the German area. Um, they, they called them, they referred to them as Germanus. They were easily, uh, you know, they, they were easy to take over. And so they kind of assimilated well into culture. And so that kind of came down the line as Germany in English because that was the area that was, you know, the, they were the they were the friendly tribes of of people. Um, whereas the actual German speaking people refer to themselves as Deutsch or Dutch. That comes from the actual German language or Deutsch <laughs> Deutsch language. Uh, so that is a uh, Germany is a very sort of uh, anglicized thing that we tossed on top of it. Oh, yeah. well then. So there so, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love these fun facts. And I <laughs> love that we know well, I would never have known that. I would have never been able to pull that up. Even if I had Googled it, I would not have understood it because there would have been all these words that I didn't get, to be honest. But there are so many things that we as arts people have that we can pull out and use to our benefit, even not in that industry. So here is kind of our thoughts as we wrap up today's discussion. You know, we've talked about what we think our journey has been and how we have transitioned between fields. You know, I went from theater sound design wanting to be in a hole by myself to loving magic and now teaching people. Um, you know, what are the things that you love that you can transition that maybe don't need to just be within the arts industry and you can use on a bigger scale or a different scale to continue your love affair and continue working in an environment and creating the life that you love. So think about that. What are those things that you love? 
Thank you for joining us today on Out of the Arts Podcast. If you have questions or want to see specific content, please leave a comment or email podcast at outofthearts.com. See you next time. And until then, we are rooting for you.